Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, and welcome to your third pre-season stream. You are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode, and we are also joined by the legend that is Praz. How is it going, Praz? Hello, it's going very well, and uh, yeah, good to be back doing this with you. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, they come around quickly, don't they? They do, they do. And, and obviously now we have fixtures instead of just talking into a void of what can happen. Um, and we were hoping that we'd have some prices as well. But uh, we, don't. We, we take what we have and there's enough juice with the fixtures to talk about. Exactly. It feels like we're playing Lego. Every week we just get another little bit that we can put on top. And this week we finally got fixtures. So <laughs> hopefully next week we've got a game to talk about as well. But obviously fixtures Absolutely. is such a massive bit. We can start talking about kind of, you know, nice fixtures, nice fixture blocks, captaincy, which is all the things we're going to touch on today, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, we will do a short-term view of the fixtures. We'll do a helicopter view, which, uh, you know, people may say that, you know, how can you plan that far ahead? But look, we we, we, we want to do this. We want to understand fixtures in blocks, and we'll explain later what we do. And then a little bit on captaincy. Again, we're not going to be talking about players. We're only talking about teams, because that's all we know. But uh, we'll do our best to do it in 20, 25 minutes. We will indeed. Um, yeah, and 20, 25 minutes. That is what the aim is. Again, we did quite well last time. Didn't get any congratulations, by the way. Not very happy about that. <laughs> we only get hit if you go over. <laughs> That's very true. Right, shall we have a look at the first slide? And in the first slide, we have stolen, I say we, I have stolen from FPL Focal, but he's a scout boy, so it's fine. Um, and this is looking at the first three fixtures for every team. And we are also ranking it uh, from easiest to hardest. Um, now, if we have a look here, we've got Arsenal at the top, they've got Crystal Palace, Leicester, and then Bournemouth, then there's Liverpool, then there's Man City, then there's Wolves, Brighton. I mean, for me, the standout straight away, three of the big boys all have lovely fixtures to start with, don't they? They do. And uh, I mean, that's the key, right? I mean, this is how we ended the season as well after game week 31. All good teams had good fixtures makes it a lot easier because you don't have to kind of faff around with, you know, just go for the best players from the best teams. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's an interesting one, though, because these FDRs are always tough. You know, FDR meaning fixture difficulty rating, because I'm looking at Crystal Palace away as that first one for Arsenal. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that was easy. I wouldn't say it was a green one, would you? 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. And look, we talked about teams last week, and uh, generally we would have actually stayed away from Arsenal a lot more than mm. we will uh, now because now that they have a good run for the first eight weeks, and uh, yeah, they're worth going for. Crystal Palace, not an easy one. It's one of those things, right? Uh, because the next few games are easy, we're just going to kind of call Crystal Palace easy and just make it a green run throughout and get some Arsenal players. But I agree with you. Crystal Palace is a good team. They yeah. should be up yeah. for it. And uh, that's not an easy start. Yeah. And not an easy start for some of those newly promoted teams either. You know, uh, Notts Forest are near the bottom. Fulham are third from bottom. And then Bournemouth are right at the bottom as well. Um, from what I remember about Bournemouth, they are a form team. If they if they start poorly, they're going to carry on poorly for a little while. Unfortunately, they've got Aston Villa at home first off. I remember, I'm pretty sure they played Aston Villa at home when they came up for the first time not too long ago, and I think they lost one nil to a Rudy Gestead header. Like maybe really? that's very I, good memory. I have I think no so. I could be wrong there. The chat will tell me, but um, yeah, we're looking at Bournemouth, obviously Solanke, and we were looking at people like Brennan Johnson, Mitrovic. Probably worth maybe holding off on them to start with. You have to. I mean, it's a blessing in disguise, maybe, because usually we have, we you know we punt on these relegate uh, these promoted teams mm. because they're cheap and we go for their enablers. But now we won't, and we probably have to kind of make do with a five million option from a team that has stayed in the league. Maybe it's actually okay, and we'll see when we come to blocks that interestingly both Bournemouth and Fulham come good with their fixtures as well by game week six, game week eight. So you've had this window of looking at their players, evaluating who you want and not just blindly jumping on a player that may or may not work. Yeah. Mitrovic comes to mind. Yeah, Mitrovic, yeah. Uh, And kind of middle of the road here, maybe slightly differing, uh, slightly moving into kind of kind of fixtures. Chelsea and Spurs are very similar as well. Spurs start with Southampton at home, which I think a lot of people are looking at there. Uh, But they're not so easy after that with Chelsea away and Wolves at home. So um, we're looking at Chelsea and Spurs and thinking maybe one asset from them. Two, if you can stretch it, might be a nice idea too. Yeah, uh, with the players, it will come down to pricing. But I think as teams, they're they're good. They're good teams to back again with the same philosophy that they're decent fixtures. I think the Wolves home game in game week three will be one of the standouts. So in the in the third section today, we will talk about captaincy, and you'll see actually game week three is a tricky one for captaincy. So I think the Spurs run, other than the Chelsea one, is is a good one. The issue would be. How do you fit them? And so we'll come to pricing. This is not a this is not a stream about pricing. And the issue with Chelsea is, I think, what stood out to me is that their home games are harder and their away games are easier. So how do you read Chelsea? I think defensively they should be okay. Attacking wise, we need options. We need options that are nailed. You know, Raheem Sterling comes to mind if he if he does uh, come through. But otherwise, you just kind of stay away until their fixtures are better and they're captainable and you have somebody to bank on. Yeah, I mean, easy game, isn't it? Easy. <laughs> uh, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to put the next screen up here and Praz is going to explain it because this is how you plan or, or how you look at things to start with, isn't it, is is by blocking fixtures. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I'm going to let Praz explain it. Okay, so what I tend to do at the beginning of the season is a lot of people will have fixture tickers and say, okay, first four game weeks, these are the teams with the best fixtures. These are the teams with the worst. First six game weeks, these are the best and the worst or eight. It's a little arbitrary. What is four, six, and eight? So instead of looking at just, you know, from game week one to game week arbitrary, we look at blocks. So we say game week one to four, who are the teams with the best fixtures? So you see in the screen here and for the listeners, what you have is we've given a rating of four for the teams with the best fixture. So they're basically the top five in terms of fixture difficulty. 
So they have the easiest games in the first four game weeks. The ones we've given a one rating, they have the hardest fixtures. So it's it's a simple four four way rating system. And what you see is game week one to four, Arsenal, Villa, Liverpool, Wolves, and Chelsea have the fixtures, the best ones. Then you have Brentford, Man City, Everton, Tottenham, Brighton. Those have the second block of best fixtures within the first four game weeks. Then you have Leeds, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, and Man United. And then lastly, you have Leicester, Southampton, Fulham, Bournemouth, and Crystal Palace. So I think that's the first block, which is game week four. Then you get into the second block. And why we have to completely reshift the, the fixture ticker and how easy it is, is because maybe a team has the very good fixtures in the first four, but very average in the first six. They will still look good if you took a cut of first six game weeks. I don't know mm -hmm. if that is very clear. But what I'm trying to say is you have to remove out the first four game weeks and then again do the fixture ticker for four to eight. So if I've made myself a little bit clearer, the first block is one to four, then four to eight, nine to 12, 13 to 16. So over the 16 game week period, which is basically the period that gets you up until the World Cup, we've tried to see which are the teams to target, which are the rotations and which are the transitions. So I'm going to try and quickly explain what I'm seeing here and then I'll bring you in, Andy. So, yep. for example, Arsenal, they are top five in terms of fixture ease in the first four game weeks, and they're also top five in, in the next four game weeks. So up to game week eight, you can easily bank on Arsenal assets, price dependent, as opposed to a Villa team, which is basically in the top five for the first four game weeks, but then they have the worst fixtures in the next block. So unless you were looking at an early wildcard, Villa isn't the team that you want to load up on. Arsenal is a team that you want to load on. So what 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 are your first thoughts here? If you let's let's say look at the first two names here, Arsenal and Villa. Yeah, well, it's exactly what you just said in terms of Arsenal with, you know, an easy first four set of games and then an easy first next four set of games as well is really nice for them. Um, I, I'm looking at Astavira and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there in terms of after those four weeks, is when a lot of people wildcard, a lot of people wildcard in game week three or game week four. And yeah. I've had this internal debate with myself every single year is, do I plan for the first eight weeks knowing that every single year I wildcard in game week four anyway? So what is the point in looking at, right, so just ignore Aston Villa and get those Arsenal players, or do you just get those Aston Villa players and say, I'm going to wildcard in three, four weeks anyway, and then at least I get the most out of those Aston Villa players for those four, first four weeks. So I think they're a really perfect tandem to have in those top two bits because you yeah. are looking at a team that's got lovely first eight fixtures and a team that's got a lovely four. I mean, what's your opinion on that? So I, I agree with you. And the only thing I think that will be different this year is that the early wildcard won't be in play as much. Now, of course, yeah. we don't know what chips we'll have, whether we'll have three wildcards or not. But I just think that because we've been gifted with good teams having good fixtures, so we've looked at Arsenal. Now let's look at, for example, Man City. Again, they're number three rating in the first first block, number number four rating. So basically, in the top five in the second block. So again, good team that you can back for the first four eight game weeks. You just don't need to kind of sell out. You don't need to have an early wild card to get in the right players if you go for the right ones in the beginning. Let's look at Liverpool. They have they are in the top five again, so a four rating in the first four blocks, and then a three rating, so a a top half team in the next half. So again, I actually think you won't have an early wild card as much this year, mm. simply because of these good teams having good fixtures. 
and there is no swing, Andy. I mean, there's no fixture swing. That I was really struggling to find a wildcard window. Is there one that we can target? So I think yeah. your strategy of let's just go for the teams that have good fixtures. Some may have good fixtures until eight. Some may only have good fixtures until four. And then you just kind of react to information as you get it. Yeah, and it's funny because Bournemouth, Fulham and Forest probably have the biggest swings, don't they? They have the hardest starts. And then if you look at Bournemouth there, horrible first four weeks. But then the next eight, gorgeous. And then if you have a look at um, Notts Forest, they have a, a iffy start to start with and then have some nice fixtures after that. And Fulham are the same. They've got horrific first eight, <laughs> but then they have a, a lovely, you know, uh, game week nine to 12. So it, it to me, it almost seems like that strategy of having one premium striker, which would be Haaland or Kane, and then having that cheap striker next to them, it looks like it's going to be perfect in terms of being able to move them around a bit because... You know, you've got people like Solanke, Mitrovic. If you're going for someone like maybe Harry Wilson or um, Brentford have lovely fixtures to start with someone like Tony, and then you can move down to someone like Mitrovic or Solanke, it actually looks like it could work really, really nicely because Haaland, Salah, Son, whoever it is, you're going to be wanting to keep them long-term anyway. So it looks like that could be a really viable strategy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. Uh, I was actually looking at a few rotations with these teams. Mm. So as you mentioned, I think, I think Fulham... You know, Fulham is a good transition team. So mm. if you if you went for Brighton assets, you transition, you know, you get a three and a four rating in the first eight game weeks, and then you move to a Fulham and you get a four and a two. Similarly, if you went from Brighton to Bournemouth, you get that three, four, four, three. So mm -hmm. that very healthy block of good fixtures over the first 16 game weeks. Again, wildcard aside. And then rotations as well. So this this helps you look at rotations as well. If you look at Bournemouth and Crystal Palace, mm -hmm. If you rotated their their players um, over this period, you would have Bournemouth's first bit, which is basically the sorry the Wolves' first bit. Sorry, I'm talking about Crystal Palace, Hunter. You so are. if you have if you have Crystal Palace and Wolves as a rotation, mm -hmm. you will have Wolves for the first block. You will then have Crystal Palace's easy fixtures between four and eight. Then you will again have Wolves' good block, which is game week uh, 9 to 12. And then you have uh, uh, Bournemouth again, which is 3. So you get like a nice rotation if you're going to rotate those, those two teams. I think Aston Villa and Brentford are again another team that rotate really well. If you start with uh, a couple of Brentford players, they move to Aston Villa in game week 9 very nicely. So I, I think I think long story short, looking at these blocks helps you sort of plan for what are my big big picture moves in terms of mm. going for some of these teams. And as you said, I think Fulham something that you can target from game week nine onwards. If you started with, for example, a cheap Brighton asset, so that's that's something around the transitions. And this is all with massive caveats, obviously, because there there are teams that we think are going to be easy fixtures to start the fixture. And then all of a sudden that team's done really well. You know, West Ham yeah. was one I can remember being so easy on the fixtures um, one season. I think it was two seasons ago when Moyes was there. One season, I can't remember what it was now. And then all of a sudden they started really like a house on fire. And it was like, whoa, no, 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 this team, we can't just assume we're going to do well against this team. The other yeah. caveat is as well, you know, someone like Man City or Liverpool, yes, it's a three on the fixture ticker here, but... I mean, most fixtures are, are four for them, aren't they? Especially if, if they're at home as well. And this doesn't take into account the homes or ways and things like that. But it's Correct. like Kraz just said, it's giving you that kind of step back view of actually, who can I hold on to for a little while longer? And who am I going to want to hold on to for a little longer? Like, like we just said, someone like Brentford, yes, you could get someone like Tony in for the first eight weeks, but are you going to want to have double Brentford when you're going to have to move off at least one of them 
after eight weeks. And it's little things like that that you've got to think of because absolutely Liverpool and Man City, yes, you can double up, triple up on them, and that's absolutely fine. But when you're looking at a team like, I don't know, Newcastle, they start quite rough. Are you going to want Trippier and Wilson when their fixtures aren't beautiful over the first eight weeks? So it's it's just little things like that that you can look at. And it's just it's just chat at the moment, isn't it? It's just something to chat yeah. about. Absolutely. I mean, we get so much new information. I was I was telling somebody, I think we have this debate on eye test versus stats. I think the first four to five game weeks is when eye test completely takes over, right? I mean, because yeah. you have no underlying data, teams are different, formations are different, new signings. The more you watch, the more you learn. And yeah, I think, look, we, we talk about long-term planning, but things will change so quickly. We'll find out new stuff. But I go back to the thesis where this is good team. So you're not going to really find out that Liverpool are a good team and City are a good team. So as long as you're loading up on a lot of those players, and again, we've been blessed with good fixtures for those teams, I'm actually thinking that teams will look good and not really need a wild card that early. But again, yeah. famous last words. Yeah, exactly. And there's always something that happens. It never works how we think it should work. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so the last screen we've got for you then is uh, captaincy. So, Praz, I mean, again, you've made this lovely little captaincy matrix for us. So feel free to explain it. Um, we've already spoken about fixtures. We've spoken about fixture blocks. Now, the the one of the most important things in FPL is knowing who your captains are going to be for at least the first six, seven, eight weeks, if you can, if you're not planning on early wildcarding. Um, and it looks like a pretty simple picture, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, for the the listeners, what we've got is basically the first 12 game weeks, and we've mapped out Liverpool City and Spurs' fixtures. Why those three? Well, those are the three teams that I think we'll be targeting captains from. I don't think we trust a Chelsea yet. Uh, I don't, even though Arsenal's fixtures are good, I don't yet see a captainable guy from Arsenal. So therefore, this is basically to help you plan for the big hitters. What you want to have is be able to have a son when they have a good run versus a Haaland or a, or a Salah. Unfortunately, Salah and Haaland pretty much rotate really well. So in game week one, Fulham, uh, Liverpool play Fulham away and uh, City play West Ham away. And Spurs play Southampton at home. So I think for me, Salah would be the number one choice in this week. Followed maybe by Sun and Kane. I mean, obviously, this is not to bring down Haaland, but West Ham away might be a trickier fixture. Mm-hmm. That then rotates. And in game week two, you have Haaland, who plays Bournemouth at home, and Salah plays Crystal Palace at home. Equally, he's, he's as good a candidate. But basically, having a Salah and a Haaland in these two game weeks would work. You wouldn't need to have a, a Spurs asset necessarily. I think the first window where I would think people with a Spurs asset could really benefit is game week three, which is when Liverpool play away to Man United. Now, haha, I know Salah always bangs against Man United, but look, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a new Man United with Eric Ten Hag. You would think that they'd be a little bit more robust at home. <laughs> so that's not as easy a fixture on paper. City away to Newcastle, also difficult. I mean, we saw Newcastle's numbers, underlying numbers were fantastic. So assuming that they start in a similar fashion, I think that's a tough fixture. So have a Spurs asset, home to Wolves. Wolves' defensive numbers were really poor. 
Do you think that's a viable strategy, Andy? If you if you were to kind of either switch to or start with the Spurs assets, just with that game week three captaincy in mind, I think so. I I think I'm going to be I'm going to be doing everything I can to have one of each of these players in. Uh, I you know that that's going to be the optimal thing for me because I'm looking at it like you said. I I really like that that first fixture for someone like Son Southampton at home. That yeah. that to me screams. You know Spurs, and they they historically have done quite well against Southampton at home, haven't they? So, to me, that screams kind of yes, you need one of those. And I I I think I'm going to be wanting to try and get three. Um, the big thing for me when I'm looking at this is how many captaincy decisions we're going to have. Even if we have Harland and Salah, we saw it last year. The amount of swings in terms of who you captained. Game week two, Liverpool and City have Crystal Palace and Bournemouth both at home. Gorgeous. Game week four, Bournemouth, yeah. Crystal Palace and Forest are the, the fixtures. Game week five, Liverpool and City have, Bournemouth, have uh, Newcastle and Notts Forest. Like those first five weeks, you could have the three worst swings and all of a sudden you're like, this, is, this isn't my year. <laughs> <laughs> or you could have an as year and you, you could have, have hit every single one and you're thinking, yeah, easy game. I, I, I think you, I'm finding it already extremely, extremely hard not to own both Haaland and, and Salah. I, I can't see how you can't do it. With, with the fixtures they've got and the captaincies and things as well, I can't see how you can't go without them. It, for me, I am wondering whether someone like Kulosevsky starts coming into our thoughts an awful lot more instead of Son because of budget. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, I don't think I captain Kulosevsky, so I'd still be going for the other two. So all these decisions to make just based on those first five fixtures I'm looking at is ridiculous. I agree. I agree. Look, I think a couple of things stand out here um, in terms of um, rotations and, and things to consider. Look, three premiums is going to kill the team structure. We only have 100 yeah. million. Um, and you also want some wing backs, you know, Pancello, James, Trent, at least two of them. So obviously we can't have them all. One thing that jumps out is if you look at the pattern, Salah is either number one or number two, pretty much all until game week eight. He's mm -hmm. one of the guys. So Somebody could come in and say, look, I don't care about Haaland. I don't suffer from FOMO like you guys. I don't have, I don't want Sun. I can have my five shiny wingbacks and have a perfect team and basically only Captain Salah. That's one strategy. The other guy can say, I want all three. I don't care about defense. Uh, you know, there are numbers to suggest that teams are more leaky. Defenses are not as structured. Mm. I don't care about the wingbacks. So there are strategies that are perfectly viable between them. But doing this captaincy matrix basically helps you plan. So, so that's the first thing that I, I that I noticed that you can actually just have Salah and be fine until game week eight, and then switch the Salah to a Sun. Uh, for example, Salah plays Chelsea away in game week eight, Arsenal away in game week ten, Man City at home in game week eleven. I can see a big Salah out movement in game week around game week seven or eight. Just we're we're we're, <laughs> we're just kind of uh, you know crystal balling. Yeah. And the second thing that stands out is if you were bold enough to say my two premiums aren't going to be Haaland and Salah, one of the things, and this is credit to Planet FPL James, he noticed that in every game week until game week 10, Liverpool and City are either both home or both away. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't really have this home and away rotation. On the contrary, Spurs are always the opposite. So if you look at, for example, game week one, Spurs home, Liverpool City away, game week two, Spurs away, Liverpool City at home. This pattern continues until game week 10. So if you were a home and away guy and you wanted to say that, look, I want to back the home guy always because it's a premium, he'll do well at his home ground more than an away fixture, 
Sun plus one of Salah or Haaland could work as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. I love the fact that we could even have these conversations again. This is this is what we love about <laughs> FPL, isn't it? Um, Indeed. I, I think, I, I as we've discussed already, I think for me, going without Salah and Haaland is going to be tough. I, I, I'm looking at it and thinking, I, I feel like I need a Spurs player in there, but it feels like if anybody was going to drop out of that, it's going to be a Spurs player um, and it's going to be Salah and Haaland. But then, like you said, we've still got Trent, we've got Cancelo, we've got Jay, we've got all these other players that we need to think about. Um, and it's, in some ways, it's made it more interesting because we are going to have to diversify. Yes, lots of people are going to own Salah, lots of people are going to own Haaland. But if a lot of people own those big premium assets, everything else around it is going to diversify, which is lovely, as opposed to, yeah. oh, these players, you know, these lovely teams have great fixtures and they're cheaper. And then all of a sudden there's four or five or six players in a template, whereas now it's going to be kind of two or three in the template and then the rest is all going to have to come after that, isn't it? So it does make it a little yeah. more exciting as well. It does, it does. And and you know what? I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be curious to th- uh, get your thoughts on it. How do you think the ownership is going to be? Because no one's going to have, or very few are going to have all three. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be three camps for sure. One is Salah out. I don't care about Salah. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he, his form dipped. There's one camp going to be Haaland's injury record. Pep's going to rotate. And then the one that is, that we're talking about, that probably a Spurs player will need to be sacrificed. So again, let's crystal ball um, ownerships without knowing the prices, because I don't think that will be too different. I think all of them will be within a couple of million. Yeah. Uh, we're talking 11 and a half to 12 and a half, maybe, or 13 max. Mm-hmm. So what are you thinking in terms of who are the more owned players? I think Salah and Haaland are going to be very close. Um, I think Salah will pip it because he, on the FDR, which I think a lot of people will look at, Fulham and Crystal Palace first two games, I think he's going to be picked by a lot of people. Um, Haaland is the new toy, isn't he? And he's the new premium toy, which everybody is going to want to own. I think Son is going to be... I think Son is going to be one of... He's going to be close, but I think he's going to be forgotten about because people won't be able to afford him. And Kane is going to be even less. Yeah, Kane, yeah, I, Kane I, I can see Kane just being forgotten. Uh, you know, and, and rightly or wrongly, I think that's that's the way that most people are going to go. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to say exact percentages because I'm terrible at this kind of stuff. But, <laughs> um, I mean, they're both... Both Salah and Haaland are going to be above... Okay, I'm going to stick my neck percent Above yeah, 35%, yeah. definitely both of them. 45 for Salah Ooh. and Haaland. But I think I think Sun's going to be also around 25, 30%. Yeah, I was going to go for around 25 for Son. There's going to be a massive formal when Spurs play. Uh, because, I mean, if, 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 for example, we don't go... I, I'm actually, you know, we will come to drafts. This, we'll have a lot of time to discuss this. But, you know, we can't help ourselves. But yeah. I always start with a one premium draft because I love it. You can kind of really get the players you want. But it's the not what you start with, though, is it? It's not what you start with. It's what you end with, Praz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, <laughs> I know. But look at let's look at Haaland, for example. Game week two, he plays Bournemouth at home. That's you have to have him, right? Yeah. He plays then he plays Crystal Palace at home. Game week four, Nottingham Forest at home. Bloody hell! This is very good fixtures. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard. It is. On that note, it's going to be hard. Uh, thank you very much for uh, <laughs> joining us tonight and everybody that's in the chat and anybody that's watching this again afterwards as well. Praz, I hope you enjoyed our lovely fixture. Well, we've kept it to around 25 minutes, not bad. I did, yeah. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I'll, I'll have... 
I'll I'll send out a, a few tweets on this fixture blocks uh, in mm. case some some parts of it was missed, but uh, hopefully we came across as um, you know what we what we thought about, which is good teams have good fixtures, really promoted teams have bad fixtures. So it's going to be easy actually in terms of picking the right teams. What's going to be hard is picking the right players. Yeah, uh, make sure you tag me in the tweet as well because I'd love to see what people think about the fixtures and the blocks and things like that as well because I'm fascinated by that stuff. Um, right, thank you very much for joining us. We will be back again next week. Well, you never know, we might have a game going live as well. Uh, thank you very much and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.